Hey there, welcome to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You're going to hear inspiring stories of men and women who are embracing their top five Clifton strengths in all kinds of ways. You'll be encouraged to understand more about what's so great about you. Learn how knowing, developing, and living more moments using your strengths can bring you joy and purpose in your life. I'm your host, Barbara Colo. Hi there. Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths. I am so glad for you to hear from my next guest today, Judy Douglas. Judy is so delightful, and I love how she's always learning and encouraging others in whatever stage of life she's in. Her top five Clifton strengths are developer, connectedness, positivity, strategic, and input. Judy has worked with the Ministry of Crew for almost 60 years and currently is the head of Women's Resources, which involves all kinds of things to encourage and resource women all around the world. Her husband, Steve, was the president of Crew for many years, and she's had the opportunity to encourage staff around the world in all kinds of ways. A little over a year ago, he went to heaven, and she continues to learn new things, and I especially love how her positivity is so evident in her deep habits of gratitude in this season of deep loss. As you listen, you will hear how over her lifetime, Judy has been embracing her strengths and her gifts and her talents, especially in the area of writing and encouraging others. It just takes on new chapters in the seasons of her life as she is growing and learning continually herself. I appreciate her attendance attentiveness to people that God puts in her path, but also her courageous yes to new things in her stage of life, whatever stage that is, with her desire to be available, to be used by God, to come and help change the world. As always, if you find this episode helpful, I would love it if you would subscribe, leave a review, and even share it with a friend. That helps others to hear about the podcast. If you're interested in learning what is great about you and how you can offer your best contribution to the world, I would love to connect. Email me at barbaragcolwell at gmail.com. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi there. Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths. I am so excited to have my guest today with me, Judy Douglas. Welcome, Judy. Well, so glad to be with you, Barbara. This is a treat for me. Oh, it's my treat. So I'm very excited. I know it's been um, just so encouraging to um, know you over these years in our work with crew. And I have just loved so many different ways that you have just been available to what the Lord has for you in so many different seasons of your life. And just what a gift it is to have this time to chat. And anyway, I would love for you to um, introduce yourself, who you are, where you live, and what you do. Well, my name is Judy Douglas, and I'm from Texas, but I live in Florida, and I lived in California, so I haven't lived in Texas since I finished college, but I'm still a, a total Texan, yeah. and um, I work with crew. I have for almost 60 years now. Wow. I've been on staff with crew, and now I head up something called Women's Resources, 
and we do a number of different things to try and connect with staff women around the world and to encourage them and provide resources for them and to connect them with each other. So that's uh, a real joy that I get to do. I also uh, write. I've written six books and I have a podcast. One of my books is called When You Love a Prodigal, and that's the name of my podcast. When they asked me to do a podcast, I said, I've never even listened to a podcast. Why would you want me to do one? <laughs> and they said, because your message is needed. And so I've been doing that for three years now. And it's it's been a blessing and a joy and quite a bit of work. <laughs> and so I do some speaking and for uh, a lot of years, uh, my husband, who went to heaven about a year ago, he was president of crew, and we traveled all over the world. And I just love that I got to know our staff around the world. People always are saying, so what's your favorite place? And I say, well, it's not place. It's the people, and they're wonderful everywhere. Mm, that's awesome. I'm also, I have 10 grandchildren, uh -oh. three children and 10 grandchildren. That's a pretty big thing in my life right now. Yes. That keeps a little bit busy. Yes. Well, like I said, briefly, Judy, I just am so encouraged by you. And I remember kind of like when Facebook first started, it was just neat to see you just jump in and use Facebook as a resource of just being available and connecting with people. And I don't think I really... I mean, maybe I'd met you over the years, but like probably since Facebook started. But I mean, and just your love for Austin, where I live, um, I don't know, just our worlds have intersected a lot. But I just appreciate your, just your availability and just, I don't know, just the way that you lead so um, courageously, but just, just your availability to love people, to connect with people wherever that is. And like you said, even traveling all over the world and, Anyway, I'm excited to kind of unpack a little bit more about you and who you are and what um, what has driven you over the years. But why don't we start? Um, I know that just Clifton Strengths are just one facet of who what any person is, but we'll just start with that. Like, what are your top five Clifton Strengths, and what's been your journey in knowing those, and what that looks has looked like in your life. Okay. Well, my strengths are developer, connecting, positivity, strategic, and input. Um, I don't entirely understand all that those mean, but mm -hmm. I can see how God did that and how he's used those things over my lifetime. One of my favorite things is to talk about that in Psalm 139, that God was there, it says, when you were being formed inside your mother. He was making you into the person he wanted you to be. That Because he had plans, we learn in Ephesians 2, that he had already prepared for you. So he made you the right person to do what he had prepared for you to do. And so that tells me that these strengths um, are part of what he built into me, even as he did to each one of us when he made us. And so 
for us, it's we'll be operating with them to some degree from the beginning. But as we mature and get to do more things, we'll begin to understand them more and see how God really did make us just right for the things that he had for us to do. And those things won't be the same our whole life. So they're even transferable in a sense that they're going to keep building into you because he's got a plan that goes from the day you're born till the day he takes you home. Yeah, Mm, that's great. Yeah, I love that. And just, um, I know I even just picked up one of your books that you wrote a long, long time ago called um, What Can a Mother Do? And I think just knowing what your top five strengths are, it was just fun to just kind of glance over it and be reminded of just your passion for um, writing. And I mean, it said in there, you you had that vision at a young age, right? Tell me about that. About eight o'clock. Eight o'clock, sorry. Eight o'clock. <laughs> at about eight years old, I was pretty sure I wanted to be a writer. And I went to the University of Texas to major in journalism. But in high school, my journalism teacher encouraged me all the time. And she said, you can do this. And I figured out I wasn't going to do news writing journalism. Mm-hmm. I was going to do feature writings. I was going to tell stories. And and that's what I loved doing. And that's what I did uh, in school. And when I joined crew and they asked me to come to headquarters to work on a magazine for the campuses, I was going to tell stories. And so that's what it's has always been that I can remember. And I still, whether I'm writing or speaking or just talking to people, it's about telling stories, my story, other people's stories, and helping them see their stories. Mm -hmm. Because that's letting God shine through the person that he made to be able to understand who they are and what they have to offer. Mm. That's great. Did you grow up like reading, loving reading or like, I wonder what piqued your interest in that? Was it just all the great books that you read? Could be. I, yes, I can remember Thanksgiving holidays, which back then were two days, Thursday, Mm -hmm. Friday, not a whole week. But um, I can remember they would make, call me to come down to dinner for Thanksgiving dinner because I would have gotten a 1,500-page novel to read over the hop that weekend. And I would have read it by the end of the weekend because I just loved reading and I loved the stories. I didn't tend to read nonfiction very much at all then. I do more now. But it was, I guess that piqued my interest. People telling me, I mean, when I was a child, I mean, like in 8, 9, 10, I gathered the neighborhood kids and wrote a play that we put on for all the parents. Oh. And and I just, I don't know. I just did those things. Yeah, that's great. Well, as I was um, thinking just about our conversation and again, just what your strengths are and how I've seen you just lead and tell stories and be upfront as we've had conferences and just sharing your heart. I mean, it's just been very visionary to watch you. And I think about the other morning I woke up and I I just had all these thoughts running through my head, but I was thinking about so many times for us as crew staff meeting in Moby Gym and 
I remember the when I first joined staff and it was a long not as long as you ago, but <laughs> you're not as old as I yeah. am. <laughs> but but we did a thing of like lighting a candle and it went around the the gym and thinking about um having our light shine to places around the world. And I I think of that picture of like along with like Dr. Bright saying, come help change the world. And yes. I think of you in as you've took you and Steve took the torch after Vonette and Bill of helping lead so many of us in coming and helping and changing the world. What what has that meant like for you as you've had that even as a mantra as a, a crew staff person and even leading so many of us? Like what is what comes to your mind with all that? Well what comes to my mind is what an incredible privilege to be part of that vision. Um, I had the great privilege of working closely with Bill Bright for 14 years and not only doing crew magazines, but helping him write books. Mm -hmm. And we had many discussions because Bill was really into superlatives. Every <laughs> person was the this leading person, this, you know, everybody was the best, best and greatest. And, and journalists are trained that there are no superlatives. Uh, basically. And so I would try and take superlatives out of his writing and he would want to put them back in. We found some compromises. So, but I just, he had such a vision for knowing God, loving God, and being available to touch lives for him. And I, he said he, his heart was aflame all the time for the Lord. And you hear that and it catches, you know, you begin to find, yeah, my heart's aflame too. And so that was a, a tremendous privilege. I got to be in leadership early because I was the first writer journalist that showed up. Okay. And so I was, was in, you know, basically in charge of a publications department within two years of the time I was there. And, and I just was over my head for sure. I will tell you a, a, something somebody said to me that probably helped me see who I should be and wanted to be more than almost anything. And I uh, had a small team of basically writers, editors, and somebody had done a good project. And I and complimented them, somebody else who was a Harvard Business School graduate, not my husband, one of his friends, uh, heard me complimenting them and telling someone else what a good job they've done. And he said, that's one of the most important leadership things you can understand. Mm -hmm. It's your job not to take the credit yourself, even if it's your team. It's your job is to help lift them up and help them to believe that God had worked through them. And that that never left me. It was mm. kind of, I don't know if I would have done it anyway, but it helped me to be all about developing the people. One of my strengths. Developer, number um, one, yeah. Yes, and, and being positive, the positivity, because it was the encouraging them to what they could do and to always look for the best and, and to help them see that God was using them. And I just realized that's what really made me exciting. Yeah, I liked it if I got credit sometime, but 
basically, yeah. I was about, and and that's been a, a lot of my life is about opening doors or helping grow or encouraging people to believe what God wanted to do in them and mm-hmm. what they could do. And when I see somebody rise and shine, it just makes me so happy to see that happen. And if I had a little part in it, that makes me even happier. Well, like those, um, you know, with the looking at the strengths, those are your two talents or strengths that mobilize others to action. And that's exactly what you're saying. That's how it's looked as you encourage and cast vision for people of just how great they're doing their job. That's awesome. And and sometimes the encouraging and casting vision isn't easy because there are those who disagree. And so I spent a lot of time, many years working on being an advocate for our staff women. Mm. I started with moms and saying, really, you can be the mom you want to be and you can serve the Lord and he can use you not only in your the lives of your children and husband, but in other people that he's going to put around you, whether you're on campus and sharing Christ or whether you're befriending a neighbor or whatever it is, the people that he brings into your life, you have uh, the possibility of having a, a tremendous impact on them. But then it went beyond that to all of our, our women. I just really felt We were missing a lot of gifts in what we were trying to do as a ministry because God had gifted every woman as well as every man Mm -hmm. to be part of his great commission of telling the world about Jesus. And and, and so I I spent, I don't know, 40 years probably (laughs) working to open more doors, and I found I had to convince, uh, it, that's kind of the word it was, the women that they could do more, that mm-hmm. God was wanting to use them because he had gifted them. He had given them strengths. And those were part of what he wanted to use uh, as their part in the in the world for him. But then, then I also had to convince a lot of men that there was more that the women can do. And um, Fortunately, my husband was supportive. <laughs> Sometimes he said, don't stir things up too much, <laughs> which I always said, they need to be stirred up. <laughs> and so, but when I see what God has done and how the women in our ministry all over the world are flourishing and they're finding out, I can do this. I have this strength. I have this gift. And, and God will use it to touch lives, to bring people to Christ, to help them grow into the people that he's made them to be. And again, it's like, I, it makes me so happy whenever I see one of our women shining and yeah. doing what God has for them. So it's been a, a wonderful thing. I love that. And I know that was kind of my role for several years in our region of kind of being on the the front lines, helping moms, like exactly what you're saying, seeing like, okay, I have something to contribute. And sometimes yeah. it does take a while after you've been very consumed with children at home, but just to step out of a little bit out of the home and just being willing to say, Lord, how can you use me in whatever way that might be? So 
That's neat. Well, also, even as you were talking about your um, um, writing books, and I I don't know, I just love how that's just kind of been obviously a, a mainstay of what you've done, of putting your experiences, your life, your challenges, what God's teaching you in in words or even now on your podcast or but I mean as I looked at the the book about mothers I think yeah like you said that was the season you were in with your children still so, yes, so somewhat young and then now it's more as you've done so much with the prodigal ministry of people trusting God with their children that sometimes might be challenging and heartbreaking but I love how just that's where you've stepped in. And so what, what do you just love about writing or even all these different avenues of putting words to things, even as you're learning them too? Well, I do love words. Mm -hmm. So that's part of it. And um, I, therefore my old brain, I'm working on keeping it active. So I do word games. Okay. Almost every day, I try to spend a little time working on some word games uh, to keep my mind going because I keep forgetting names now. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess the concept of connecting with people or even the strategic nature of seeing how the things I'm learning can help someone else. And mm-hmm. so they're not just for me. And if I look back on my life, I can see a lot of that. Um, first of all, was, you know, waiting for Steve. Uh, we dated for five years. It was a long wait. And everybody was saying, give up on him. And the Lord kept saying, no, wait. And so that helped me learn that we don't get what we want immediately. But that's okay, because that's part of what God's doing in us as well as then that's a message that we will have later. And and I've been able to encourage lots of people who are thinking, I've got to get married or, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, and I said, don't, don't rush, wait, wait on what God has. And my first child cried for four months oh. and had a, her tummy hurt always and she didn't sleep. And I'd read, your child will cut back to 14 to 16 hours of sleep. I went, oh, not I've mine. never seen that much sleep. She usually got by with naps, which were when we nursed. If I just let her stay attached, she would fall asleep. <laughs> and uh-huh. it, I think we managed six hours every 24 hours. Oh, and wow. and she, uh, otherwise she was crying. And it was, I just said, Lord, I, we've made a mistake here. I'm no good at this. Mm. And the Lord said, Judy, not only are you the right mother for her, but she's what you need because she's teaching you you're not in control. You just have to let me do the good work that I'm doing, and you can't make it all happen the way you want. And having grown up as someone who always got her own way, uh, that was a major thing that I had to learn. But I, there's so many things like that. And then when when God sent us our son, he he talks to me. He talks to all of us, but maybe I ask him more questions, the journalist in me, you know, than most mm-hmm. people. Anyway, he told me, he said he was sending us a son. And I was in my 40s and 
didn't think I was going to have any more children. And I said, no, thank you. And he said, no, I'm sending you a son. Okay, Lord, if you do that, then I'll know it's from you. Well, several more years passed, and then we moved from California to Florida. And God said, when you get to Florida, someone will ask if you can take this boy. And I went, okay, if that happens, all right, <laughs> that oh. must be from you. So three weeks after we got here, this friend, new friend said, do you know someone who could take an eight-year-old boy? Oh, gosh. And the tears just came. I didn't even think about it. It was just like, this is, and it was, you know, I saw it immediately as a gift from God. However, <clears throat> it was a challenging gift because he was so wounded and had suffered so much pain and loss and abuse and abandonment in his first eight years of life. Mm. And um, it was just really challenging. At first, it was just learning to communicate with each other. But as he became a teenager, he made lots of bad choices and joined a gang and his school was going to kick him out. And, and we went through what I call a 15-year wilderness with him. And that is the basis of my book, When You Love a Prodigal. And you know what? I don't think I've ever learned as much about trusting God as I did through him. And so I've been able to take the hard things and turn them into good things as I receive them as gifts, as opposed to horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I'm so grateful for that. And then my natural response is when I learn something, it's like, well, then I should let other people learn too. Yeah. And so whether it's speaking or or writing, which is one of the things I almost always do, or even doing a podcast. It's all about letting the things God's worked into my life uh, be part of how he might work in their lives to teach them to trust him, to open their eyes to who he's made them to be and ways he would like to use them, or just give them courage and strength to walk through whatever's going on in their lives and to let God surprise them. Oh, God loves to surprise us. Yeah. And to let him surprise us with opportunities, with seeing a depth in ourselves that we didn't know we had, that kind of thing. So that's that's kind of how my whole life has been. And that's why yeah. I've written, because that's my best way to communicate. Yeah. That's all my life. That's what I've done. And so I still do it. Yeah. Mm, that's great. Well, I know, like you said, even um, just your habit of gratitude that you've had. And I feel like I've kind of watched you and learned a lot from that, even as I've started a gratitude journal. but. I know even thinking of this season in Thanksgiving around the corner, I would love to hear more of that for you. I know just even in this past year as you've lost Steve, but I mean, it's not like your gratitude habit is new this year, but especially what that's looked like this past year. Well, it does go back. I mean, part of what the Lord has taught me in each even of these events that I've mentioned is to thank him. 
he says in scripture, numerous places to give thanks in everything. And you go, how can you give thanks for the pain or the loss or the hard things? And in the 15 year wilderness journey with Josh, that became the thing I, I had to say over and over because it was hard. See, he wasn't just the boy God sent to us. I fell in love with the kid and he was born in my heart as my son. And yet all I was seeing was bad choices and a, a life that was going to be destroyed. And, um, and the Lord just kept saying, say thank you, say thank you. So in my book, you would read the prodigal book. You would read about learning to say thank you. And, um, and so the humor and the sweetness is that that practice that was just seared into me um, is what has made the past year since Steve moved to heaven um, a sweet thing. I mean, yeah. I miss him unbelievably. Every day I miss him. I still cry many days. It doesn't mm -hmm. take much to set it off. Yeah. But at the same time, I just have such a, well, first of all, the Lord was kind to tell, I said, so why did he have to leave? And the Lord said, I, I don't get these strong words from the Lord every day, but occasionally. Mm -hmm. And he said, I wanted to be kind to him. And I'm like, how can I be anything but thankful that mm -hmm. God wanted to be kind to him? And as much as I wish he were still here, I I don't wish that he's not, he wouldn't be where he is. Right. Because I'm so thankful that God did that. And I and that's not to say God will always do that, because he doesn't always. Many people suffer in different ways. There are many people in the world right now who are suffering dramatically in places all over the world besides the ones that make the news. And that breaks my heart because yeah. one of the other things he gave me with that is compassion. And I just really, it makes me sad. And so this year, I, I've probably been able to say thank you, Lord, pretty near every day, uh, sometimes many times a day. <clears throat> things happen that are make it harder. The first one that was surprising to me was I... I had been doing Instacart for all of COVID. And, and so I still did it for a while. But then I thought, I can go to the grocery store. That'll be good for me. Well, it wasn't easy because I would pass the things that I got just for Steve. Mm. He liked uh, a lemon flavoring to put in his water. He didn't like to drink plain water, but he was trying to drink water. So mm -hmm. I would get that. And he liked a, a certain juice that I would get for him. And he, you know, there were, every aisle had something that yeah. I didn't get for myself. I got because he wanted it. And I would end up crying in the grocery store. Oh, Now, <clears throat> I, I'm not crying in the grocery store usually, but it's still hard for me when I walk past those things. Um, there are lots of other things. Um, I, we usually sat out front for Halloween with our neighbors. And 
I didn't want to do that. So I turned my light off and shut the door and came to the back of the house so that nobody would knock on my door <laughs> on Halloween. And, and, and yet at the same time, to be able to be thankful for what Steve's experiencing and to be thankful, oh my goodness, he was a really good man. He's kind of smart and, <laughs> uh, and he was very humble and it was genuine. And I got to know so many people that he worked with. He did a lot of, besides leading crew, he did a lot of collaborating with other parts of the body of Christ to see if we couldn't reach more people by cooperating as opposed to being in comp competition. And they would, they would call me. They haven't lately, but they would call me and they would say, <laughs> I just missed Steve, so I, I thought I'd call you. <laughs> Oh. And and that that was good and bad, you know. <laughs> yeah, I miss him too, yeah, a lot. But the Lord is so faithful, and He's given me sweet, sweet remembrances. Right now, I'm working with Cruz uh, Publishing Arm to see. I have <clears throat> Steve kept everything. I mean, everything. Yeah. I have about fifteen big file cabinets full of his talks and his articles and his teaching. And, and so we're looking at how we might take some of that and get it out where people could learn from it and, and be grateful for it. And so for me that I can be a, a part of that, I'm thankful yeah. for that. It's easy to be thankful. Yeah. God is, he just drilled it into me and I didn't start out. I argued with him a lot, and then I said, this isn't fair, and I don't like this. But, mm -hmm. but as my life has gone on, and I've seen God's faithfulness, and that when he gives us this impossible command over and over to give thanks in everything, you right. just, there okay. must be a reason. And yeah. so, therefore, the depth of my relationship with him is so much more wonderful because I can come with the hardest thing I've ever experienced and say, thank you, Lord, that even in this, you're with me. Even in this, you're going to walk beside me. You're going to lead me where I need to go. You're going to give me what I need. Now, sometimes I don't feel like I'm getting that, but I can tell him because he has welcomed me to be very honest with him. So, Yeah, mm, that's great. Such good wisdom and encouragement. Thank you. Well, is there anything else you would like to share to encourage our listeners um, just who might be wondering about who they are, their strengths, how that might make a difference in the world or help come change the world? Well, a little reiteration, but refocusing. I really think people need to understand they're not accidents. God, mm -hmm. they weren't just the, the sum of a mother and a father coming together, mm -hmm. that God was actually part of it, intentionally making this person. Now, sometimes I wish he hadn't made me an introvert because my job the past 20-something years doesn't allow for much introversion. We're in groups all the time and meeting people, but even there, God supplies and he does what he's intending. And, and so to grasp 
that God made you the way you are, and that he says he has good plans for you. So then our responsibility is to be alert, uh, to be aware of what he's put in us. And that comes in in strengths, and it also shows up in uh, spiritual gifts that he would give us. And to me, my main overall spiritual gift is to encourage. Well, that ties right in with most of the strengths. And, mm -hmm. and so um, to, just to let God do this work in you and to believe that he has good plans for you. Doesn't mean there'll be plans with no pain. There will mm -hmm. almost certainly be pain because we learned the best then. But he will put us with people uh, who they might be people we work with. Oh, it might be a spouse. It will certainly be children who rub us a little sometimes and cause us to realize we're not as strong and mature as we thought we were or that we have some areas God's still working on. And, and let the people in our lives, as well as the opportunities, be part of his rubbing the rough stuff off or polishing us into the perfect one that he made us to be. And then we will begin to see more and more how this person, like my daughter or Josh, um, helped me to be who I am now and how I'm better equipped to do this thing that God has had me doing in these last 20 years. But also right now, as I'm walking through this huge loss, he's there and he's using what he built in me. I uh, especially used what he taught me through 15 years with our son uh, to trust him to to bring good from it. And part of the good is what he does in us. And part of the good is what he does in the people around us. The And of course, the first people that we would mostly matter with is our family, our children, um, spouse, and even our extended family. And I guess one of the things I would say that's the most important that I've learned and this was true of my husband, is always to believe the best of people. Now, do they deserve that all the time? No, <laughs> because sometimes they're not nice. But basically, if I can look at somebody and see good that God is doing in them and doing through them, then that's, that's of great value. And that is part of what is preparing them for the next season that God has for them. God's always working always working. I learned that over and over in those years with our son. He's working. It doesn't look like it right now, but he's working. And in my life, you know, right now it's like, I I just wish my husband could be here, though I'm happy yeah. for where he is. But God says, I'm still working, Judy. I've still got more to do in you and more to do through you. And so we don't know what's next, but if we can come alongside the people God puts in our lives and believe the best and affirm them in it, not in trivial ways, but to be able to say, you really did that well, or that really encouraged me when you said that, or that's, that's what I'm doing. You said Facebook. Facebook is all about connecting with people and encouraging them.
And yeah. that's what I'm trying to do. And um, God, God will do more than we can imagine if we'll let him. Yeah. Mm, that's so good. So good. Well, I have one last question. What has brought you joy lately or put a smile on your face? Two things. One, I get to spend the holidays with my grandchildren and my children, and I love them, but yeah. I love being with those grandchildren. Yes. And so I will be with all of them either Thanksgiving or Christmas. And so that brings me joy just to think about it. Mm. What else brings me joy is oh, the fact that. I know God, that he loves me and that even in the hard things, he's there for me and he's given me so many opportunities and, and, you know, maybe I've had more opportunities than some people, but I've had less than others. So, you know, it's not a, a comparison. So it brings me joy to be able to be responsive to what God's doing in me and encourage someone else to do that as well. Mm, that's awesome. Well, you, you're you such an inspiration, Judy, and um, just so many great nuggets of wisdom you've shared even in our little conversation here. But thank you so much for making time and giving us a little window into your life and just so many things God's taught you over these years. So thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. I can imagine that it took some courage for you to start a podcast on this and to keep talking to people that you don't know necessarily and trying to draw out from them what will then help other people. And I just, I think that's an awesome thing. I know there was our, some struggles there for a while and then God led you to this. And I've loved seeing that you're doing this and I watched some of them and you're letting people shine. And that's a really good thing to do. Well, thank you. It's, it's been a joy. I, I love just get excited to hear about people and their strengths and what they're doing. So, but yes, it was a big learning curve, but it's been fun. So I appreciate your encouragement. So. <laughs> Keep it up. Keep okay. It up. Thanks so All much, right. Judy. Talk God to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this time has given you hope and encouragement about how amazing you are or helped you understand someone you know or work with or love. If you're curious about your top five strengths, you can take the assessment at cliftonstrengths.com. If this episode's been helpful to you, please leave a review, share the podcast with a friend, or subscribe to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You can find more information at barbaracolwell.com. I sure look forward to our next time together. Take care.